Hi, I'm Patricia Marshall Harris, the host of Dishing with Patricia. May is designated as Mental Health Awareness Month. I've decided to focus on the growing crises called mental health with a month-long series. We're going to have various mental health professionals as my featured guests to dish on the seriousness of mental health. Welcome back to Dishing with Patricia. My special guest is Dami. Dami is a psychiatric nurse practitioner in a family practice. And I wanna welcome you today to Dishing with Patricia. Thank you. I thank you so much for coming. Tell us about you. First of all, she's gonna pronounce her name and I didn't want to mispronounce it. So please tell my guest, what is your name? All right, thank you for having me. Thank you. So my full name is Olu. Wa Damilola. Wow. Yes. So I go by Olua Damilola Fowowe. 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 Okay. Yes. Great. She may have a long name, <laughs> but she is fabulous. So we're going to get started. Tell me exactly what you do. So I am a psychiatric nurse practitioner. Yes. And also a family nurse practitioner. Mm -hmm. um, my focus right now is helping people in mental health. Okay. So I help people to identify what's going on with them yes. and treat them and um, ongoing medication management. What are the signs? How do you know that there is an issue? So the first thing that occurs usually is that we would have a psychiatric evaluation. Okay. In a psychiatric evaluation, we ask you a lot of questions. Yes. You come to me and say, hey, this is what's been going on. Right. And my role is to kind of guide you um, by providing you with certain questions to try to get you to give me more information on what's been going on. We even go as far back as maybe when you were younger, if <clears throat> anything could have happened that could have contributed to how you're feeling. So when we ask you all those questions, we're able to take all the symptoms. So I'm asking you questions. Yes. You're telling me how you're feeling. Those are your symptoms. Okay. So for example, I can't sleep. I'm having poor appetite. I'm hearing voices. Those are symptoms. And once I have all that information, I'm able to diagnose the individual to say, hey, I think this is what's going on with you. We gather information, not just from the patient, but also from people around to help us and to support our diagnosis. So a good one will be a child who is coming to you with ADHD symptoms, right. okay? So some of the things you do is you talk to the child. If it's a child that's able to give you a lot of information, you ask them questions about what their symptoms relating to ADHD. And then you also ask the parents, what are they noticing? Right. And sometimes you might even get information from their teachers. And all that information helps to support our diagnosis. So it really does take a village. It does take a village. So medication therapy, what exactly is medication therapy? So medication therapy, as the name implies, yes. pretty much utilizing medication to treat mental illness. Like any chronic condition, diabetes, high blood pressure, you sometimes might need to utilize medications to help. 
the same thing goes for mental health. So when you suffer from a mental he- uh, mental illness, yes. such as depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, you might need to utilize medication to help control your symptoms. In controlling the symptoms, it doesn't get rid of the disease. It just controls the imbalance. Can you explain that to me a little further? With mental health illness, it depends on what it is you're dealing with. Okay. Okay. So for example, anxiety, depression, a lot of that sometimes is situational. Okay. Meaning that there are external factors contributing to that depressive symptoms, external factors contributing to anxiety. So a lot of times when I put people on medication for um, anxiety and depression, I always tell them when these external factors are eliminated, there's a possibility that we might be able to take you off your medication. However, there's some diagnoses that are just chronic mental health illness where you need to be on medication to kind of balance the chemicals in the brain. I feel like people don't pay a lot of attention to mental health illness like they should. Okay. So for example, a patient who has diabetes, you do know that diabetes could be hereditary, meaning from parents. Yes. Or it could be because of your lifestyle. Right. You know, you're not exercising well. Okay. You're not eating well. All that could contribute. Those are your external factors. Okay. So with mental health illness, life happens. You know, conditions happen. Things happen that could trigger the chemical imbalance in your brain. Mm. So an individual who, for example, is having a lot of financial crisis could not be sleeping well, you know, could be having poor appetites, all that can contribute to your depression and anxiety. So that's what I mean by external factors. Okay. doesn't mean that you're going to be on medication forever, which is what you just said. So sometimes if you, a person that... Let's a person that has several chronic diseases, as you just said, high blood pressure, diabetes, um, chronic heart failure, those types of things can bring on depression based on your medical health. So sometimes you just don't have it because you're depressed, but because of all those external factors, mm-hmm. that can bring on some depression. So how do you address that when it's medically, you have those things that are going on with you. How do you control the mental aspect of it or what what can be done? What I always encourage patients to do is that when you come to me and we do the psychiatric evaluation, and we give you a diagnosis, we tell you what the treatment plan is. Right. One of the things that we also encourage is an ongoing medication management, okay? So when we do the medication management, we focus on how you're feeling at that time, Okay. you know? We take it one day at a time. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? What's going on? Do we need to back down on your medication? Do we need to adjust anything? So we kind of take a look at it one day at a time. What's, what, what is going on right now, you know, that's making you feel the way you feel? Right. So you, you, you constantly have to, you know, keep in touch with your mental health provider in order for you to be able to kind of gauge where you are. Do I need to still be on medication? Do I need to continue? Do I need to increase? Do I need to decrease? You know, stuff like that. Are there other symptoms that could be going on with a person that 
it's not depression, but it's masked as something else. Um, we do recognize that um, dementia is is it's it's really rampant. It's it's ongoing. It's happening more and more in our environment. Can mental health bring on other diseases? Dementia, for example, it's um, there's so many different kinds of dementia. You know, just so you know. Okay. Um, sometimes age, aging. Aging causes dementia. It's just part of the aging process for the individual. Okay. Um, sometimes it could be genetic, you know. Okay. Sometimes it could be as a result of, you know, maybe they had a stroke. Mm -hmm. And in a situation like that, we call it vascular dementia because they didn't have blood supply to their brain for an extended period of time. You know, that kind of affects dementia you know, on its own, it's a form of mental health illness. I didn't know that. Yes, it is. Could other mental health illness trigger depression? I would say not necessarily, but one thing I do know is that for dementia, you know, you do have something called pseudo-dementia. And pseudo-dementia sometimes is as a result of severe depression. So you have an individual that has severe depression, but they are presenting like they have dementia. So you're asking them questions and you're getting, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, you know. So in a situation like that, we call that pseudo-dementia. So the thing with psychiatric conditions is sometimes you just have to know the exact manifestation of each disorder. And it's a lot of mental health. Yes, I was going <laughs> to say, there's like, I'm, I'm sitting here listening yes, to you. Yes, it is a lot. It's, it's beyond depression and anxiety. You know, you have schizophrenia, you have schizoaffective disorder, you have bipolar disorder. Bipolar disorder, you have different bipolars. You have the um, depressive type. You know, you have people who are in, in, in the manic, manic state. You have borderline personality disorder. You have people that have paranoid personality. So it's a lot of mental health illness. It's really beyond just depression and anxiety. And a lot of times, sometimes, a lot of times, they kind of overlap each other. Okay. So I know depression and anxiety is very common. Okay. It's very common. So a lot of times when you're dealing with depression, there's a possibility that you're also dealing with anxiety because some of the symptoms kind of overlap okay. each other. Um, not necessarily to say because I'm depressed, now I'm anxious. It's <laughs> triggering me to be anxious. Okay. You know, sometimes some of the symptoms, you know, overlap each other. But those are the manageable yes. aspects of mental it's, it's manageable. It's common. Those are the common things that we yes. really see. But if you go in a different setting, um, sometimes if you go in a hospital setting where it's kind of a more acute situation, you see all kinds of mental health conditions there. Wow. So if a person has other underlying um, chronic diseases and then they're diagnosed with depression, how do you balance that? Is there... How do you balance that? How, really, that's just point blank. How do you balance that? Because we know that um, two-thirds of the U.S. are overweight and obese. So that comes along with those chronic diseases. And it's just like reciprocal. One causes another. So how do you, ma how do you manage that? How does a person manage it and as a family member, you're kind of overwhelmed trying to, you don't know what's going on. So how do you address 
if someone came to you and said, I think my sister is depressed, what are the first steps they should take? So if you think your sister is depressed, I want to ask you what's making her depressed. Okay. So you're right. Some chronic conditions can, you know, impact someone's mental status. mental status. And one of the things that we do initially is when I have a patient, I usually like to get some blood work. Yes. Okay. Because for example, your thyroid, when your thyroid is kind of overstimulated or understimulated, you have hypo or hyperthyroidism, they can mimic some symptoms that you would think it's mental health related. But really what's going on is not someone being depressed, but it's because they're in hypothyroidism. Oh, wow. You know? So again, you have to kind of treat the underlying condition if it's medical related. So for any medical or any psychiatric provider, when we ask questions, we're always thinking, could this be medically related? So a good example, I work with the geriatric population a lot. And when they have a urinary tract infection, yes, I do know for example, that. they exhibit some behaviors. So again, why am I treating the behavior when I know that the urinary tract infection is what's really going on. Right. So when we treat the urinary tract infection, there's a high possibility that the behavior is going to resolve. Right. Correct. So again, when an inv individual comes and says, I'm depressed, I want to know what could be contributing to your depression. Could it be medically related? Could it be because you're overweight and you're depressed about being overweight? Right. <clears throat> what are the steps you're taking to try to control your weight, okay? Right. So, and a lot of times, you know, as providers, we kind of collaborate with other providers in order to provide a good and quality care for patients. So, a patient who's depressed because they're overweight, for example, you know, what are some of the steps? What are some of the recommendations I can make? Do you want to go talk to a dietitian? Are you motivated? You know, so a lot of times depression could be related to, you know, what's going on. Sometimes as individual, you also have to be kind of um, responsible to your um to, to get in the treatments that would help. Right. Yes. So not only um, in doing medication therapy, shouldn't there be some type of counseling involved as well? If a person is just, they're, they're depressed, you've assessed that, and they're now having, um, having, they're on medication therapy. Don't you suggest that because of, as we just spoke, Earlier, there can be some issues that happen in their childhood or of some type of trauma that needs to be addressed. So do you suggest that um, medication therapy go hand in hand, not only with a, uh, your practitioner, but also possibly some therapist? I strongly encourage therapy with medication management, um, especially, like you said, if what's really going on is kind of external, you know, and I always tell patients, sometimes medication is not the solution, okay? I can give you medication to help you cope or to help you kind of get through your day, right? you know, but you still need to go into counseling. You still need to go into the therapy to help you develop coping mechanisms. Right. 
you know i think the 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 big thing is the coping mechanism you know what do i do when i feel anxious what do i do when i have this individual around me who's a trigger to how i feel you know those are things you learn from a therapist but what made you go into this career a lot <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So growing up, you know, I've always kind of seen myself as someone that likes to take care of other people. <laughs> I never saw myself doing anything else, even though I was good at math, but I would not want to be an accountant. You know, <laughs> I would not want to be a, an engineer. Yes. Um, I just kind of see myself as someone I constantly like to take care of other people, you know, to care for them. Um, so I just felt something in the medical field is most likely what I will go for. You know, I started nursing and I fell in love with nursing. My initial, um, goal was to do nursing and then kind of proceed into medical school. Yes. But nursing and medicine, they're different. Right. You know, we nurses, we kind of interact more with patients. We spend more time with with them at bedside, and I kind of fell in love with that. So um, that was one of the reasons why I went into nursing, and I worked with the long-term um, population, patient in the nursing home. I did a lot of drug and alcohol, a lot of community psychiatric work, mm. and I saw that there was a need. Yes. They need providers. There's still a need for providers. Yes, I know. <laughs> There's still a need for providers. So that was one of the things that kind of motivated me to go and get my master's, you know, in nursing. So that way I could be a provider for people who need it. I could bridge the gap in healthcare and be one of the people that's available to help treat mental health illness. I know there's a lot of stigma related to mental health. But what I always like to tell people is think about your physical health. You know, don't neglect your brain because your brain is pretty much your mental health, right? Yes. So don't neglect your brain. The same way you're going to treat your heart. Yes. The same way you treat your lungs. If you have COPD, if you have a, you know, high blood pressure, treat your brain the same way. Don't neglect it. Treat your brain. Get the help you need early before it's too late okay talk to people think about the different resources you have in your community there's a lot of resources out there that people do not know about yes so think about all that you know if you feel suicidal what's the crisis what's your number to call those are the things that you want to make sure you have at hand why do you think that People are embarrassed about having mental issues. We know it's rampant, one in 10 globally, and then one in five in the US. Mm -hmm. Then one in four are caretakers. So why are we so hush-hush about mental health that we don't want to talk about it, we don't want to discuss it with other people? How do we get past that stigma? Because people are hurting. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's the way people react to someone. If I told you I have depression or I have bipolar, you know, the way the symptoms kind of manifest, you know, they, they would term the person as, oh, you're crazy, you know. So I think that alone makes other people want to hide 
from, oh, I don't want people to think I'm crazy. Some people think that because they have some form of mental health illness, it's going to affect their ability to get a good job. You know, and I tell people, no, it will not. Um, I've had patients who would say, well, I don't want my job to know that I'm seeing somebody for, right. for, for medication management, for bipolar. And I tell people, I said, the same way, we, you know, you have the Privacy Act. Yes. You're protected. I cannot share your information with anybody that you do not want me to share it with. Okay. You know, so whatever we talk about, it's private. So it is treatable it that is. you can have some mental health issues going on and you can have you go about your day-to-day -day life. Yes. You can work, you can socialize. It's just the issue that you need to recognize maybe something that are triggers. Right. Something, as you said, the external mm -hmm. that will cause different things for you to react. Mm -hmm. So you need to be aware of those things. Absolutely. Well, you know, part of Dishing with Patricia, we believe that food is medicine. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important in how you eat, how you incorporate mm -hmm. things into your life. Um, if you have diabetes, mm -hmm. if you have, have high blood pressure, those are, those are manageable as uh, you've just said to me. So how do you help people? If you're having a mental issue, how do you remember to take your medicine? How do you remember that you're, you, you're not eating right? How do you, how do you maneuver these things in life that, because you're having some other issues going on, how do you help yourself? The only way to help yourself is to be intentional. Okay, so if you, first of all, what do you mean by intentional? Meaning that I know I have this going on and I want to get better. I have to get better. Okay, identifying that you have something. Repeat that. Identifying that you have something going on okay. with you is the priority. You have to be able to come to a self-realization that I do have this thing. I know I have it. I'm not in denial. Okay? And then you have to be intentional about it, meaning that I want to get better. Just like if I have diabetes or I have, a, or I have high blood pressure, I want to get better. I want my diabetes to get better. I want my A1C to be improved. Yes. And how do I do that? It doesn't come automatically, yes. right? I have to make sure I change my diet. Yes. And I have to make sure I take my medication like I'm supposed to. Correct. And the same thing goes for mental health, you know? If you have depression, if you have anxiety, and you're struggling to be functional, but you're not taking your medication, then you're really not doing yourself any good. So one of the key things is to be intentional yes. in your lifestyle. I want to thank you for coming and deciding to take this road, this journey that you're on that is helping others. And um, may you continue to do your work. Thank Dami, you. thank you for coming. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you. Until next time, thank you. Bye.